This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Four minutes after 12 is the time you are listening to LBC and the phone lines are open. 0345 6060 973 is the number that you need. If you're new to this, allow me just a moment to explain what you've been missing. Uh, This is the radio equivalent of those newspaper columns, the notes and queries, the Q&As, and yet it's so much more than that. Um, It's also very funny. Even though I say so myself, it's not down to me that it's funny. It gets into the iTunes Top 10 Comedy Podcasts on a regular basis this hour of radio, so you don't have to take my word for it. You can let those statistics do the talking. What I need from you is a whole heap of questions. Anything you want. A who, a why, a where, a when, a whither, a wherefore, a whence. Can't think of any more interrogative pronouns. Give me a second. Or a what? Oh three four five six zero six zero nine seven three is the number you need to ring if you want to get your question on the board. Remember, it goes bonkers. It goes a bit nuts um, at this point in proceedings. So what I'll do is give you a heads up when when there um, are sort of minor lulls in the furious reactions of my switchboard. Uh, what happens now is people ring in with questions. You hear the question being asked, and if you know the answer, you ring in with the answer. It really is that simple. There are only two other rules, and that, that is that we are resistant to repetition. So if we, the team, can remember the question you ask being asked relatively recently, we will politely invite you to sling your proverbial. Uh, and you can check, by the way, at lbc.co.uk. You should put an hour aside to have a little look through the Mystery Hour archive at lbc.co.uk. It's a thing of beauty. It really is. It's, it's a, a colleague of mine, Adrian, keeps it. He's the uh, curator of... Of the mystery hour archive and it's a lovely mixture of, of information and whimsy just like i hope the program proper is uh, mystery hour proper is a lovely mixture of uh, inspiration and whimsy so repetition is a problem and so i'm afraid is dullness uh, and that's usually bad news for motorists who've got motoring related questions but generally speaking if it's likely that only you will be interested in the answer to your question then it's unlikely that we will ask it Um, I think that's pretty much it. Be nice. Michael and Jess are on the phones this hour, and they do have to... I mean, do you know, we get even more calls during Mystery Hour than we do during conversations about Israel and Palestine. And considering we took 2,000 calls in 58 minutes last week on the Israel-Palestine conversation, that will give you an indication of just how hard they work during Mystery Hour. So when they say goodbye, it means goodbye, and when we have to crack on, it just means with only two people, it's not the BBC. BBC would have 200 people answering the phones for this feature. Seriously, they'd probably have Terry Wogan doing a voiceover. But we, we... we don't have that luxury. We don't have that um, those resources. So there are two people dealing with approximately two, two and a half thousand phone calls in the next hour. So please make their life as easy as you can. And if you're listening on the podcast, well, today we have via Twitter a uh, question submitted um, purely for the for, for people who enjoy it on the podcast. Um, over the course of the last week, people have been tweeting at Mr. James Ob. That's me with the hashtag Twitter Mystery Hour, and I will pick one of them in the course of the next 10 minutes or so to put on the board. But let's get some calls up first. And let's begin, as so many wonderful things do, in Blackpool, because that's where Jackie is. Jack- Jackie, what's your question? Hi, James. Hi, um, my question is, with a computer mouse, yes. one of them is called a mouse. But what do you call more than one of them? With computers? Yes, computer mouse. But so, is it not mice? 
I don't know. I've never heard anyone say pass me the mice. How many mice do you need? No, mouses. Is it, is it, mouses? Is it mice? Well, I'm is echoing in the background. No, I don't know. No, I, 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 you're on. So what is the plural of a computer mouse? Yes. I like that a lot. Do you live in Blackpool? No, we we actually live in Qatar. We're over for a holiday. So people who live in Qatar go to Blackpool for a holiday? No, 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 no. We went to Lake District first, oh. and then we just stopped off for one night, because the kids have never seen a seaside. Oh, how fantastic. Are the illuminations on yet? They're not, are they? It's a bit early. Sorry? Are the illuminations on yet? No, they're not. It's later in the season. Shame, but... It's later in the season. Um, and wh- why are you listening to Mystria? We listen to you all the time. My husband, he, he work, we both work over there, but he listens to you all day because he's account manager, so he listens to your podcast. So we Fantastic. always listen to There you, you go, you see. Bistria reaching from Qatar to Blackpool and all the way back down to London. Jackie, I'll do my best to get you a question, to get an answer to your lovely question. What is the plural of... Mate, it's a good job I check whether she lived there or not, because a mate of mine's in the local paper this week. He's, he, he, <laughs> I was going to ask her to send me a copy, but she might have thought that was a little bit strange. Chris is in Hoban. Chris, question or answer? Oh. Hello, James. It's a question. Come on, Christopher. Um, it's uh, it, I, well, we got a free book with the evening paper the other week. Oh yeah. And uh, I was going to say to my son, "Here you go, read this book." Um, but we didn't know if it was suitable for an eleven-year-old, and I wondered why. Well, he wondered actually why they don't have age ratings on. Although I phone, I was going to phone with this last week, and. Uh, since then, he's informed me that some books do have age ratings on. Well, uh, yeah. Well, you can go into the into the book shop, and it will say nine to twelve or, or, or twelve to fifteen. But there's yeah. no restrictions. You're not prevented. You don't have to produce ID to prove that you're twelve to buy the latest Judy Bloom, do you? No, no. But I think it would be quite a good idea if you. If there was some sort of guideline, because this, you know, short of reading the book yourself, and then yeah, it's uh, it seems a bit of a long winded round of. Well, doing. I don't know if this what? is I don't know if this is mystery hour or, or whether this is actually a topic for for another day when we ask the question of whether or not books should have age oh. ratings on them. What was the book? Can I ask? What was the book that came free with the paper? Oh, was it, um, no, I can't remember. It was some sort of uh, army war type SASE. Oh yeah. Okay. So it could have had some pretty grisly, gory stuff exactly, in it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you've got yeah, then you've yeah. got the you uh-huh. know the shenanigans on the other side of the coin, the sexually related stuff that mm. you wouldn't want. I remember. I don't know if this is relevant, but I remember I was in Owen and Owens in Kidderminster about. Ooh, I must have been about ten. And you know when you've got a gift voucher to spend, and you just you, mm. when you're ten, you, you sort of you're interested more in quantity than you are in quality. You, yeah. you sort of want to get as much for your money. And there was a collection of three books for sale in Owen Owens, a department store in Kidderminster, and I could afford it. It was three books in one. I'd never heard of any of them, all the authors, but I was reading books at a rate of knots back then, and my dad wasn't paying attention. So I bought this book, um, and then I bumped into my old English teacher from, from when I was about six, and she said, oh, what have you bought? And I handed her this book. <laughs> and let's say it should have had an age rating on it, and my dad hadn't really been paying attention. And I think the first line was, she was the blueprint of a bitch, or something like that. And my old English teacher, who was a very nice lady, just sort of went, oh, crikey, your, your tastes have changed <laughs> since she left the school. But whether or not you could have a, a, a prohibition on that, I don't know. I don't know. Are, you, are there any... I mean, you're banned from buying some books, but everybody's banned. Is that, I'm trying to phrase the question in a mystery hour way. Are there any books that children aren't allowed to buy? I don't, I don't think there are. That means I get a round of applause, doesn't it? Apparently not. Doesn't it? No? Justine's in Reading. Justine, question or answer? Oh, 
question. Carry on. Um, basically, I was wondering, you know, like counties in the country, and um, you've got sort of like Buckinghamshire short to Bucks and Berkshire yes. short to Bucks. I was wondering why Oxfordshire is shortened to Oxen. Oxen. It's like added an N in there, and Hampshire is shortened to Hans. It's sort of added a T in there. Yeah, why would my, that's a good call. Well, which do you want? Both of them? Are you allowed to ask about two different oh, things? Uh, well, go for Oxfordshire then. <laughs> so why? Why is what? What do you like to see it shortened to? Ox- oh no, well, I don't know because otherwise it would just be shortened to like. Well, you can't o- Oxford. You, but you can't shorten it to Oxford no. for obvious reasons, and you can't shorten it to Oxford or Oxfo because that would just look a bit silly. But why Oxon? Probably is it something to? Do with, well, why am I even trying to answer? That? I haven't got a clue. All right, you're on. Let's get an answer for Justine. Why is Oxfordshire shortened to Oxon instead of a, a more obvious abbreviation such as, you know, Buckinghamshire or Berkshire? Kevin is in Beckenham. Kevin, question or answer? It's a question. Come on, then. Uh, is a word a name a word? Is a word a name a word? No, 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 sorry. What? Is a name a word? Is a... Uh, having a chat with a friend last night, and she said that my name isn't a word. And I said, if you can spell it, it must be a word. She said, it's not in the dictionary. Kevin... So, need your uh, insight into this. Well, I think your friend is is possibly being sc- Scrabble conscious. Is she? Is she? Think, <laughs> is she thinking? Does she? Is she thinking? Does she play a lot of Scrabble? No, I don't think so. Because you're not allowed proper nouns in in, in Scrabble. You're not allowed no, no, but, n- names. No, but of no, course, but it's a word. It's a noun. You're. Yeah. N- it's of course. It's a. What's the definition of a word? It's a collection of letters that conveys meaning. And Kevin conveys Kevinness to everybody in Beckenham. Um, How could it not be, be a word? word? <laughs> no. Anyway, I just thought I'd phone you up, and now you've cleared that for me, so I'm right, am I? Well, I'm right. You're Kevin. Well, so am I, then. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> well, unless we're missing the point, unless your friend is cleverer than both of us put together, and she's thinking of something that we're not seeing, how can a name not be a word? Of course it's a word. Mm, that's what I would have thought. Just not in the dictionary? So then, being so a dictionary of names, you could have said to her, it'd be in a dictionary of names. Yeah, it would be. But it wasn't in the dictionary, so therefore she said it can't be a word. We so I said if you can spell it, it must be. Well, no, that's not true, is it? Because isn't it a word, and I can spell that. <laughs> Go on, then. Z V W X X X Z V G H Z X Y Z. No, you've missed out. Why? <laughs> <laughs> round of applause for me. <laughs> uh, well, that one wasn't coming then, either. Uh, I, I'll leave it on the board in brackets. Is the name a word? Because there might be an answer to it that Kevin and I have both missed. But frankly, I'll be surprised. Oh, three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Why is he saying the number? There must be one phone line free. There is. Kevin's. Grab it quick. It's quarter past twelve. Eighteen minutes after twelve. We're just having a little debate in the studio about what we should choose as our first hashtag Twitter mystery hour question. This is for the benefit of people that listen chiefly to the podcast rather than the live broadcast and find themselves. You know, the producers on overnights and um, some shows at stranger parts of the day sometimes get calls from people who are clearly a little bit dazed listening on a podcast and go, I know that, I'll ring in. And so they'll ring in and then realise that actually that, that programme finished about six weeks ago and, and the question that you're trying to answer has been answered already. It's a lovely idea of you listening. But I'm going with this one from Richard Stewart. So Richard, if you're listening on the podcast, congratulations. You are our inaugural Twitter Mystery Hour questioner and Richard's question which i'll tweet now is why does expensive wine taste better than cheap wine and, th- and the answer will be a bit more complicated than perhaps you initially believe as indeed will the answer to the first question uh, the, the question about the plural of mouse now in in the context of the computer device the thing attached to your computer 
What is the plural of mouse? Some of you have been quite sniffy on this, including my good friend the Basically Alarm, who keeps an eye on the overuse of the word basically on the programme in a way that I used to do with a siren but had to stop because it was beginning to sound a bit immature. And I think you've been a bit sneery and sniffy there. I think the correct answer to that question is a lot more complicated than you or indeed the, 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 the questioner realised. So, what is the plural of mouse, computer mouse? Why is oxon, the abbreviation of Oxford, given that there's no N in the original name, how can it be an abbreviation? Uh, we're still just keeping his a name a word on the side in case I'm wrong to insist very stridently that of course it is. And are there any ratings at all on books? Or plays, because when, whenever we have the argument about video games, uh, which I sometimes have, you know, elsewhere on, on other programs, I always point out that closing scenes of Titus Andronicus are a hundred times worse than anything I've ever witnessed on Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, and yet no one blames Titus Andronicus for corrupting the youth of Britain. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Where do we go next? We'll go to Alex, who's in Romford. Alex, question or answer? It's a question. Come on. Hello, Uncle James. Um, Hello. The you know when you make a phone call yeah. and you get the uh, the ringing tone that you hear yeah. while you wait for the other person to answer? Yeah. What is that sound? I imagine it used to be some form of analogue sound, but now in the digital age, is it still analogue? Is it a digital sound? What is that sound? Where is it held? Did you just th- throw in a sound effect for, for, for just pertinence there? Was that, that was a nice no, that touch. Was well, what are you doing while talking to me? Spinning plates? No, I've got to stand by the window, otherwise I don't get phone signals. It's a bar. So that was the what? The bars of the window? It was a vase against the window. So you banged a vase against the... We had a parrot yesterday, and today we've got a vase banging against the window. If we carry on down this road, we'll be having a full range, a full array of sound effects. You'll be able to download them yourself from the, from the podcast on the website. You that and use that yourself. The ringing. So what is the ringing tone? Where is it coming from, and what is it? Well, I know we only had one question, so my one question is, what is the ringing tone? I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, in fact, Adrian, who does the Mystery Hour Archive, wants to ask, what, what is a car horn? Where, where does that noise come from? But, but um, he, he's too shy to ring in. Alex, well played. Let's go to... Well, that's not exactly very specific, is it? Martin's in Ireland, apparently. So we've got... Well, what else have we got on the board? We've got, we've got um, Orpington, Hart, we've got Shenley, we've got Potter's Bar, and then we've got Ireland. The whole of Ireland, Martin is wrong from. Martin, question or answer? Uh, answer, answer, James. Go on then. Um, the location is Waterford in Ireland. Thank you very um, much. Can we just adjust the? Can we adjust the, 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 the system? Waterford, what a beautiful part of the old country. What is your answer, Martin? Yeah. And now the line's gone. Flipping heck. Why do we have anyone on from Ireland? Mohammed's in Ilford. <laughs> Make sure Martin comes back. He's probably banged his vase against the window and lost his signal. Mohammed, question or answer? Hello. Hello. I, um, am I the answer? Yes. Am I the answer for the Oxford one? Why is it called Oxen? Yes. Um, so the Latin for Oxford is Oxonia, which is O-X-O-N-I-A, which is shortened to Oxen. I think that's it, actually. I, I think you've, you've, you've provided us with them. What are your qualifications? Well, I'm a student. I was actually applying to Oxford, and this was part of my, this was my research into Oxford, and they were saying, oh, Oxford, Oxford. I'm like, what's Oxford? Looked into it, and that was it. But fortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't clever enough to apply there. You didn't get in? I, mean, I wasn't clever enough to even apply there. Forget, yeah, of course you applying. were. Of course you were. They let anyone in <laughs> these days. Um, I'm going to give you a round of applause, which is worth more than a degree from Oxford University in most... Uh, most That's a first round of applause. Thanks, James. You're very welcome. There you go. Go back quickly to Waterford in Ireland. That's where Martin is. Martin, the answer to the plural of mouse. Hi, James. Yes. Hello, that's uh, the plural of it is that mouse is actually an acronym. 
like all acronyms that take on an apostrophe S, yeah, like CDs, uh, compacts, etc. So uh, the uh, what's it an acronym for? Do you know? There's two variations. One is manually operated user selection equipment, and yep. the other is motion orientated user selection equipment. So it's already plural then. Yeah, both were developed by uh, Xerox uh, in the early 80s and handed over to uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, uh, the, the phone line's gone awful again, but if but you wouldn't say, would you, can I have two mouses? Uh, well, well, you wouldn't say, could plural... I have two mouse? No, it, it, it's it's mouse apostrophe S, like CD, it's an acronym. So, but you could, st- oh, apostrophe S, so it would be mouse yes. it. yeah, well, so it is mouse is, but with an apostrophe. Correct. That's a brilliant answer. What are your qualifications? I'm a software engineer. There you go. Round of applause for Martin. <laughs> 24 minutes after 12. Emily is in Shenley in Hertfordshire. Emily, do you have a question or an answer for me? A question. What is it, Emily? Why is a toilet called a loo? How old are you? Eight. And how long have you been wondering about this? About a week. That's a long time to be wondering. If I don't get you an answer, Emily, I will be very, very sorry in advance. Why is a... Do you think it might be... Do you know what the French word for water is? No. It's low. Uh, L-E-A-U. But I don't know. Maybe low, 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 no? Ho? Maybe. Maybe. I think you're humouring an old man, aren't you, there? I, th- I don't think that is a very likely answer. But that's that's the only thing that... Po- Why is a toilet called a loo? Where does loo come from? Emily, we will do our damnedest to get you an answer to that question. 03456060973 is the number to call. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other questions that still need answers. Where does a ringing tone? What is it? You know, you ring... Because if you ring another country, you get a different tone. So there, there must be a place where the ringtone is. What is it? Uh, is a name a word? Of course it is. Oxen, we've done... Books and ratings. Are there any age restrictions whatsoever on literature in Britain? I don't think there is. There are, but but it's still an interesting question. And we've done the mouses now as well. Let's get a couple more questions on the board. Sam's in Braintree. Sam, question or answer? Are you a uh, question? Yeah, go on. Um, the question is: um, How did it come ever come about for cats and dogs to be pets? Um, not how did it ever come about for for us to have pets? And and when it did, why cats and dogs? Why not? <laughs> Um, pet squirrel or pet sheep or, you know, so on and so forth. Well, you, you, you've sort of answered your own question, in a way. I mean, there is self-selecting uh, phenomenon, domestic pets. It, it, is, it is the things that you could get on best with. So then the question becomes, what, what was the benefit for humankind? Because it's obvious what the benefit for the pets are. They get to get fed and they don't have to sort of yeah, fight yeah. and hunt. But yeah. for, so well, what's yeah. the benefit for humankind? Now, imagine you and me, what? Sam. Imagine we were going out camping in Braintree this weekend, but we didn't have a tent, right? So we're going to light. Yeah. We're going to light a fire. Maybe have some sausages. I don't know. What What do you fancy? Anything? Any requests? Burgers. Tin of beans. Sam, you're not. You're not on this camping trip with me at all. Sam. Hello. Hello. Sam, Sam we're camping in the forest in Braintree. What are we going to have for tea and breakfast? Uh, toast. <laughs> toast might be difficult, mate, but we'll give it a whirl on the old campfire. <laughs> So there we are, sitting around the fire, you and me, wondering why the hell we decided to have toast for tea, and what is going to protect us from, like, snakes, and, and the famous brain tree uh, bone crusher, and, and rats, and, and, and rodents, and vermin? What is going to protect yeah, us? But, I mean, what, what, I don't... Wh- why, Answer um, the question. Why cats and dogs, though? Answer why, the question, yeah, no, but why boy. cats and dogs? What? There's, 
Because they're good at it's, catching it's, and killing stuff that, that we don't want to get near us, and, that, and we can easily train them by just feeding yeah, them a bit. That, but if, you, if you've got a little shit zoo, that isn't going to protect you from a snake, is it? Well, like no, but you, the original robot, question like. was not why do we have funny little dogs these days, it was how did cats and dogs become domestic pets? And in the, in the intervening generations, obviously the necessity of a dog being able to kill vermin or a cat being able to kill a snake has diminished, especially in Braintree. But the original relationship between the hunter-gatherer man and the domesticated cat or dog is entirely about symbiosis, mutual, um, mutual benefit. So the, the, the human gets protected and insulated yeah. from vermin and the like and, and other other issues and warnings as well remember so, so if i creep into your campsite in the middle of the night to try to nick your toast your dog starts barking that's a win right that's all it is yeah. okay. and in fact a shih tzu could do fair that enough. as well fair enough there you go i've round. got another question no you haven't <laughs> round of a, yeah all right so have i sam come here how do you make toast with a fire just turn it every now and again <laughs> there he goes just give him a round of applause Sam the chef there, coming through at the end. <laughs> Angela's in Dagenham. Angela, question or answer? I've got a question, then. I thought you dropped off then, Angela. I thought you'd fallen asleep. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your question? <laughs> All right. Um, why, when somebody sneezes, why do they always sneeze twice? They I don't. Mean, they don't. They don't. they don't. No, some people do, some people don't. Some people sneeze in fours or fives. Yeah. Why? Why does that happen? What is causing it? So... It, it, why don't we all just sneeze once, you mean? That's it. Yeah. It's almost like part of the reflex is a double or a triple. I don't know that there'll be an answer to that, but it's a lovely question. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get you one. And let me remind you of the, uh, of the inaugural Twitter Mystery Hour question as well. If you can answer this, you, you, you'll be making a little bit of radio history. Why does expensive wine taste better than cheap wine? So, we've got wine, we've got sneezes, we've got the loo, we've got ringtones, we've got books. Something for everybody, I hope. You're listening to James O'Brien on Mystery... Well, on LBC with Mystery Hour until one o'clock this afternoon. Um, if you want to join in, if you can answer any of those questions, the number you need is, is a phone line frees itself up, 0345 If you're listening on the podcast and you want to get a question involved in next week's programme, just tweet it with the hashtag Twitter Mystery Hour. And then when I do a search under hashtag Twitter Mystery Hour this time next week, I'll find your question and we'll pick the one we like the most. The time now? Half past twelve. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 33 minutes after 12, and there's some cracking hashtag Twitter Mystery Hour suggestions. Uh, uh, there's going to be competition next week, because if they aren't better than these, I might return to another one. How about this one? This is brilliant. This is from TJ. If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? That makes you brain cells ache a little bit um why does hot water feel hotter when you move in it these are not questions that need answering these are questions that, that we're not asking i'm just showing you the quality that's coming through already on our recently launched hashtag twitter mystery hour for the benefit of podcast listeners uh, back to the live show chris is in radlett question or answer chris i have a question for you james splendid right okay the question occurs every time i go to use a commercial toilet what now it's watershed friendly, I assure you. Right? Every time I every time I go to wash my hands, right, mm. I go to dry my hands in one of these Dyson Airblade hand dryers. Yeah. Now I don't know if you're familiar with these dryers. We've got to do. I am. You got to stick. You got to stick your hands inside the dryer. Yeah. And and, and slowly lift them out, That's right? right? But, yeah. but but you stuck your hands in the dryer and you, you risk obviously touching you know the potential previous person's wet hand, basically. 
Right. So I want to know how Dyson can make the claim, and it's written on the front of the hand dryer. They yeah, say yeah. this yeah. is the most hygienic hand dryer ever. Yeah. But but, but how is it like the most hygienic hand dryer where, like the old hand dryers, you, you know, you stick your hands underneath and, you know, the laws of physics, you know, dry it out. It's not, you you're, you're, getting, you're getting hung up on touching stuff. It's just, it's a simple matter of timing. So the the more uh, you've got this air being sucked out of the toilet room and then, and then heated up and blown onto your hands in a, in a traditional hand dryer. And that goes on for quite a lot of time. And all the germs that are effectively being warmed up and sprayed all over your hands by the hand dryer. Whereas the Dyson just blasts everything off really, really quickly. So it's just about the exposure to the atmosphere. That's why it's more hygienic because you've got a lot less time for other people's germs and they're not getting warmed up in the same way. It's, it's about the speed with which it's all blown over you that, that, that dries your hands. I don't know, Joe. Can you stick your hands in? Like, you touch the sides. Yeah, I do, what did I just say? You're getting hung up on touching things, Chris. Yeah, but if you're touching, like, dirty water from someone else's hands, though. But why would it be dirty like, water? You've just washed your hands. It's probably cleaner water than anything else in the loo. The stuff you need to worry about is the little dropules of urine which are floating around in the atmosphere in which the hand dryer sucks in, warms up, and then sprays all over your hands. Yeah, but Dave, who used the hand dryer before me, could have been in, like, you know, like, really, really dirty. He, he, he could have been, but obviously the claim that this is more hygienic is not specific to the person before you who was really, really dirty and deliberately dropped dirt all over the hand dryer. If it was, then you're right, the claim would be incorrect. But generally speaking, the fact that you are exposed to less heat and to um, less time makes it more hygienic. And it gets your hands drier. I think they're brilliant. I had a colleague who had one in his bathroom at home. James, I, I think you'd make a brilliant spokesperson for Dyson. I don't, they don't need me, I tell you. I'll take a round of applause, though. <laughs> Thank you very much. Marianne is in Pinner. Marianne, question or answer? Uh, an answer, James. Carry on, Marianne. Um, a gaudy loo. Pardon? <laughs> uh, the, word ca- the word loo comes from gaudy loo. G-A-R-D-Y-L-O-O. Uh, it was in the Webster's Revised on a Bridge Dictionary. You're not, you haven't looked it up, have you, Marianne? It was published in 19... Marianne, that's... No, that's the I own, didn't, you, I didn't. What did you mean you didn't look it up, but you I can did, give me the publication date of the book you got it out listen, of? Listen, I have a copy of the, the actual dictionary. Yes, you're not allowed to look things up on No, but I have a copy of the dictionary and I've read it. It belonged to my mother-in-law. But when did you read it? Oh, ages ago. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes, James, go to confession now. All right, then, carry on. Gardy Lou, what's that all about? Yeah. Uh, apparently, in, it may possibly have originally come from France and have something to do with water. Of course it does. But in... It's Gardez-l'eau. 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 Oui, oui. Get it? In uh, Edinburgh, in the medieval, in the old days, uh, they used to throw the slops out the, out the, the windows. Guard-robe, guard-loo. So the toilet's called the guard-robe. And guard loo, guard low, it means look out for the slops. Look yeah. out down below, because I'm throwing a bucket of wee out the window. Well, more than that, actually. Yeah, all right, Marianne. I'm just oh, trying to keep things that. delicate. All right, you dirty <laughs> woman. So that's where it comes from. Garde loo. Garde loo. So I was right when I said to Emily that oh, it probably... Oh, right, James. No, that's not Have true. Have ever been wrong? That, well, I, my wife assures me that I am sometimes, although, frankly, she always struggles to provide evidence. <laughs> 
Actually, I saw your wife on the telly, and she's very, very beautiful. You're not wrong there, Marianne. It's a, it's a, and it's you're a, not bad yourself, it, it's, it's a mystery to me. Well, <laughs> 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 I'll share my round of applause. No, it's all Marianne's. Marianne's got it. It's all Marianne. <laughs> there we go. How about that? Um, I- I'm on telly next week, actually. I should have told you sooner. I'm presenting a couple of episodes of Newsnight on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. So uh, it's, a, it's in, in recognition of the work we've been doing here that we're getting noticed now in other places. So I'm doubly gratitude, doubly grateful to you. Um, and, of course, to the producer, Michael, who's um, worked some miracles since he arrived here at the beginning of the year. Let's go next to Brian in Park Royal. Brian, question or answer? Question, James. Come on, Brian. How far can the human eye see? Oh. Well, I, I just, Jim, why do these questions make my heart sink? <laughs> that, that question made your heart sink? Yeah. I love it. Why? I think it's a brilliant question. Well, yeah, but it just makes me... It just, it just makes you sound stoned, mate. Doesn't it? <laughs> Whoa, man, how far... I'll tell you what, though, like... How far can the human eye actually see, though? But, James, if you think about it, it's actually a really great question. Why? So, I'm going to stand by it. Well, c- can't you just... How far, if you, if you had a totally uninterrupted view... Yeah, so what you do, you go, you go out, you find a big flat place, and take a friend with you, get them to start walking away. <laughs> when, at the point at which they disappear, measure it, and that's the answer to your question. No, that, that, but if, if it was a long, straight road, James... Like a really long road, man. <laughs> I, I said to your, your, your producer, we see the sun. Yeah. The sun, is about, the sun is almost 100 million miles away. Yeah, but that... that, 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 that obviously got something well, to do with the fact that phone line's awful. Phone line's awful. But, like, yeah, of course, that's light and heat and all. I, I, is that a really good question or is that a, a sort of a student... Stoner session question. I don't know. Let's find out. How far can you? Because you can see anything if it's if it's bright enough. Surely you can see it's the speed of light, isn't it? I don't know. That's why it made my heart sink. Lee's in Kensington. Lee, question or answer? Hello. Hello, Lee. Yeah, it's a, a question. Go on. Yeah, can someone explain chemtrails? What well, what are they then? Well, they're, they're, when you see a plane go across the sky, yeah, and an average plane goes along and the trail disappears. It can take up to 20 minutes, half hour, but it should go. But there's certain planes seem to be flying across our skies, and they leave a trail, and they stay there. Are you going... And and then the trail gets wider. Yeah. It just stays there all the time. And I just wonder, could anyone explain why? Well, it's it's, it's pressure and temperature. You know how sometimes when you breathe out, you can see your breath, and sometimes you can't? No, but these don't know. They're... I've looked at that explanation. It doesn't work because these just actually mate. This is this is mystery hour. This is this is mystery hour, not freak show conspiracy theory hour. It's not a freak show. It's, it's, if you look up in the sky, it's happening. You just look up and see these. They just they yeah, but fly I've across told you. I mean, it, to leave uh, a trail. The, the dissip- I just, just wondered if anyone on the show could explain it. Yes, I just did, mate. The dissipation of vapor is determined by temperature, water content, and pressure. So when temperature, water content, and pressure are different, the vapor trail will respond differently. It will either dissipate quickly or dissipate so, slowly. So when two planes are coming, look to me, look very similar in the sky. Okay, they're not exactly at the right height, but they're very similar. One goes across and it disappears and one stays there all day they'll be at very different heights there'll be different sizes of engine they'll be using different types of fuel there'll be different temperatures there'll be different types of airplane there is no conspiracy theory here mate the government is not putting secret chemicals into the atmosphere out of the back of airplanes lee 
Okay, so you think it just depends on the height of the plane? No, I don't think it's... anything, mate. It's just basic physics. You are doing the old government putting chemicals in the atmosphere thing on me, aren't you? No, no, honestly, I just wanted to explain. I've well, how could you not know? Stuff. Look at the exhaust of... Have you ever seen two vehicles go past? Do they have identical exhaust pipes coming out the back? A whopping great HGV lorry and a little moped. Yeah, but they don't stay there for ten hours at a time, No, either. but they would if they were 30,000 feet in the sky. Well, I'll listen to the explanation. I'll look into it further. Yeah, uh, when you found out, don't bother sharing it with me. Raymond's in Belgravia. Raymond, what would you like to say? Hello, James. Thank Hello. Thank you to you. Yeah, my question, my question is, uh, James... Yes, Raymond. Wherever you, are, wherever you are in Wales, Ireland, Scotland, England, even even the world, when you sit... Even the, the world? Even the world? Well, if, if you're in any, any part of the... Any part of the world, any part of the country... Um, yeah. When you're sitting on a beach, the sun is always in front of you. It's never behind you. It's always in front of you. No, it isn't. Why is that? No, it, it, no, it isn't. Yes, if you're in the south end or... But what do you mean in front of you? It depends which way you're facing. If you're facing the sun, no, Raymond, then the sun is always yeah, in front of you. Yeah, 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 but why, why is the sun never behind you? Why, well, it, uh, why it, you, I'll tell No, listen, right, Raymond, so you're sitting on a beach, right? Turn round, turn round, and it's behind you. <laughs> what? No, Raymond, let's just do a little mental exercise here. I'm picturing you. Uh, no, hang on. Listen to me. This is important. Seriously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm picturing you on a beach. Okay. You got yeah. a hanky on your head. You got your trousers rolled up. You're sitting in a deck chair, and the sun is in front. The sun is in front yeah. of you. Right. Yes. Right. Now, I come along to, to collect your fares for, for the hair, de deck chair hire, and I say, oh, could you just stand up a moment, please, sir? And you say, certainly. And I pick up your deck chair, and I turn it around 180 degrees, and I say, sit down again, and you sit down again, and then the sun's behind you. <laughs> very good, very good. What? Very good. Very, very good. But, no, seriously, you're in South End, you're in Wales, no, but, in it, but the sun can only be in front of you if you're facing the sun. If you turn around, it's no longer facing you. I'm just saying... On the beach, you're, you're facing the water. When you face the water, the sun is always in front of you. Why is that? It's not always in front of you. The sun, the sun, you know, is east to west in the course of the day. So it, it, some beaches it will be facing you, and some beaches it won't, Raymond. Uh, well, every summer I've been to South End or... Well, no, no, mate, just because you've been to a beach where it was in front of you doesn't mean that it's in front of you on all beaches. Well, I can't help any more. I, 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 hang on. I think it might be to do with chemtrails coming out of the back of aeroplanes, steering, the, steering the sun yeah. through the sky in order to let aliens. NASA read all our minds. Could be aliens. It could be. It's 12.45. 12.49, you're listening to LBC, where Mystery Hour is uh, just entering the home straight. Questions still in need of answers. The ringtone. I like that question. The ringtone on the phone. Um, the hashtag Twitter mystery hour debut, which is why does expensive wine taste better than cheap wine? It's a good question, that. Uh, 03456060973, if you can answer either of those. There's no book that's got an age rating on it. So the question then becomes, why don't we have age ratings on books? But that's not really a mystery hour question, is it? Because it doesn't have a definitive answer. It's uh, possibly a conversation we can have during the programme proper on another day. And sneezes, sort of serial sneezers, what's that about? People who always sneeze in twos or threes or ones. Why? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. David is in Hampstead. David, question or answer? Uh, an answer. Carry on. We go on to ringtone. Um, going back to, to um, forgetting digital for a moment, because it's still the same principle. Is it? Years ago, they used to, have, used to ring the, the, the bell and an operator used to put you in, but when it got rid of operators... They went to automatic exchanges. Yeah. So that to sell the caller, i.e. you or me, 
if the line was clear and it was ringing or the person was engaged. Yeah. So what happens is you used to dial in, selectors used to pick the number you wanted, send out a tone to the phone. If that come back as a disoriented tone or whatever, it was engaged. They sent back from the exchange an engaged tone to your phone, yeah. which obviously you had to keep clearing to try again, try again. Or if the line was clear, it sent out a ringtone to the phone and a repercussion ringtone back to you to say it was ringing. Yeah. And when it all answered, it all But where did that come from, that tone? That, that come from the exchange. That was yeah, but where in the exchange? What was it in the exchange? Is it on a tape? That was a machine. That was, no, that was, that was uh, on the selectors, on yeah. the selectors for each bank. Yeah. I believe, I mean, I was an engineer, um, yeah. <clears throat> but not actually in the exchange. I believe it was a common um, machine that was on each block. So if that selector... So just that, that, that sends out the, the noise in the... In the yeah, in the, and then it was all... all on, I mean, you speak, that's it. Yeah, that was a basic one. Yeah. And then, with this right. way... Wait, obviously, well, I've only just yeah. started. I might be able to work my way up to something more sophisticated <laughs> if I do a bit of practice, David. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. What can you do with a ringtone? There's only so much you can... Ring, 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 ring. Sorry. Sorry, actually, mate. You were being all no, clever. I'll, I'll actually, actually record that. And actually, uh, that was my ringtone. J-O-B on my ringtone. Like it. Good. Like it. And um, what, um, so that's the answer, yeah, and, But how does that work with digital? Because it wouldn't be a machine Well, now. I mean... Come on, James. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're an intelligent man. They just upgrade it, don't they? It's just, um, it's obviously a block, the right. same as it is. So it's probably it's just a. So it's same exchange. It's same exchange. But I mean, you, when you're going for a mobile exchange, yeah, it's obviously just a block of chips that do exactly the same thing. Yeah, and then the the foreign ones have got the same machines, just with different noises. Same machines, and then you get over to their exchange, and they send that back that tone back to you. Because you know you've run someone on holiday when when it goes. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah, you put the phone straight down. Yeah, yeah so you that's do, it. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, well, qu- qualifications, qualifications. You hinted. I was at an engineer it. for seven years in, in British Telecom. There you go. So, nice and we all asked that. We all asked that question. That's the question did. we all asked. Believe it or not. I bet you did. Uh, wait, what years was this? When were you at BT? Seventy-six. So they still had the bedtime story then. Probably they did. I can't remember. Do you not remember that you could phone a number and Johnny Morris would read you a bedtime story? <laughs> They used to phone numbers, you used to get personal service as well. It was called 192. I remember, um, well, no, that isn't 90. You don't go back to 1976 for that. I remember that. But it was the bed... No one ever believes me about the bedtime story, Johnny Morris. You get a bedtime story... Adam's in High Wycombe. Adam, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Come on, Adam. Uh, to your... The question of why does uh, expensive wine taste better? The inaugural hashtag Twitter mystery hour question is now for the benefit of the podcast listener who asked it, receiving an answer. We hope. Yeah, so um, ultimately it's subjective, so it doesn't necessarily. Someone might find a bottle of, uh, sort of two pounds Liebfrau Mills rather better than a bottle of 80 pounds to Kemp. But, yes. um, why, is it, why is a wine better quality? It's down to several things. Uh, the terroir, which is the land where the wine is grown, yep. the quality of the vines, and therefore the quality of the grapes, when, uh, how much effort is put into the picking of the grapes if it's done by hand. Or you know some some grapes were some wines are like called biodynamic where they actually pick them at certain times at night. Yeah. Um, and then also the person who's in charge of the actual wine making, uh, their their particular palate, uh, they can be expensive to employ. Um, also, where how the wine is is actually made, what what barrels it's made in, if it's made in steel, if it's made in French oak, American oak barrels. Um, so, well, I guess what we're trying to map is the journey from subjective to objective, isn't it? And that's just yeah. like a popularity contest. So, they've, they've, there's all these different variables which reach 
uh, fruition in a bottle and then a master wine maker or taster tries it and goes that is spectacular and his gift is to reflect what is likely to be felt by everyone tasting the wine well that's that's right exactly i mean like I said, so, so the I answer is everything and nothing in a way in, in a way i mean i think i think i mean wine is almost like it's like art to so some people you know people have different tastes in these things and and people sort of prefer different things i think you know there's definitely a a a, a uh, most people would recognize there is, there's a difference between a bottle of so three pounds blanc and a bottle of 10, 12 pounds long. But when you get to a certain sort of price, say 30 pounds to 200 pounds, yes. I think it starts to become a bit more blurred. If oh, it well, it's it's really... certainly does if you drink both of them. I, uh, <laughs> I recognise what you describe, actually, because uh, I, I, I get a bit um, chippy sometimes in posh restaurants, and, and you sort of order something because you don't want them to think that I'm not better than I used to be. But then you can't tell the difference between the... The top, the really stupid, expensive stuff that you buy on your anniversary or your birthday, and you want it to be almost a different experience to what you normally buy. And, I, and you know, I'll go up a few notches from the house wine, and yeah, don't, I don't. I see much, a much bigger difference. The worst wine usually on a restaurant menu is the second most expensive, second cheapest one, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, you're probably better going with the actual house wine. You, you are. You are the second cheapest one. It will have the biggest markup because that's what most people go because they don't want to look cheap by ordering the house wine. But actually, ordering the house wine is a much cleverer thing to do. What well, are yeah, you? Sorry, qualifications. I um, I've got a high national wine certificate. I used to run what wine bars in the city, um, no restaurants. So. And, and, and and then you've got the subjective coming back into the objective. So Mrs O'Brien would 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 always prefer a lighter red, even to a you know a two hundred quid bottle of Burgundy. She just doesn't like heavy red wines. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice, nice little light Pinot Noir. Be uh, fantastic on a day like today. There you go. You see, twelve fifty six. Adam, a round of applause for you. Okay. And a strange thirst developing for the rest of us. It's coming up to one o'clock. Tom's in Chigwell. Tom, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Uh, Thanks for having me on, by the way. Oh, you're welcome, uh, yeah, Tom. to do with the, uh, uh, the question as, as regards uh, how far can the ice see? Oh, leave it out. Are you serious? It's a decent question, was it, after all? Well, well, it's, uh, well yeah, obviously. So. I mean, it's, it, it depends on the light source, obviously. But, um, Go on. Uh, about six years ago, uh, 2008, yeah, I think it was 2008, yeah. there was a, a object. Uh, called a gamma ray burst. Yeah. Uh, that was visible to the naked eye for about 30 seconds. Right. And that was 7.2 billion light years away. And that's the furthest we've ever seen, is it? That's the furthest naked eye object seen. Yeah. But we could see further, we just couldn't prove it. Oh, that's right. I mean, it's, it, it would obviously depend. I mean, if there was a light source that had a, a greater magnitude, and, uh, We'd uh, probably be able to see that as well, but in terms of things that yeah. have actually happened that were that were visible to the naked eye, seven point two billion light years away. That's right. So, wow. So Brian, if, if, who asked the original question, is, is, is now feeling quite kind of wow. I hope so. So do I. I did when I first uh, seven point two bit. It's almost too big to contemplate, isn't it? Seven. Uh, I know, oh, and I think that's the naked eye object. So, so imagine the, if you yeah, had a whopping great telescope like the. Uh, Hubble or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't even uh, wonder at it. Tom, mate. Qualific- oh, hang on, no. Oh, no, my fault. My fault. Hair trigger. I asked what your qualifications are, and I spoil you around uh, the Well, I, I did uh, study cosmology. I do have an interest in cosmology. And, uh, I mean, um, not that that was... Uh, uh, no, that's enough. Right. Have a, let me oh, give you I'll an unpolluted... I, I want you to have an unpolluted <laughs> round of applause now, Tom. Oh, that was crisp. Simon's in Chelsea. Simon, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Come on, I'll then. steal your round of applause. What? Come on. For the Dyson hand dryer. 
Right, you've got 45 seconds. It better be good. I can prove it. It's, uh, it's at 99.98% uh, bacteria-free because it's coated in silver technology, which is fine particles of silver that they that is uh, in a powder form and they uh, it's put so, in with the actual casting of the actual hand dryer. Got you. So even if you do touch it, you're, you're, the germs aren't going to stick or, 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 or hang around in the way yeah, that they would on anything it's else? Yeah, got a lifetime, lifetime guarantee. What are your qualifications? We use the same technology in our carpet cleaning. Do you? Yeah, in old people's homes we can make it 100%, well, 99.98%. percent I like that. What's yeah, the naught point? What's the point naught two percent that sneaks through the net? That's the unlucky lot. <laughs> it's Simon. Round of applause to Simon. <laughs> Au revoir from me. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC. And here is Julia Harley-Brook.